you know, um, you know, I, I'm getting sick and tired. In fact, actually, incredibly sick and tired of hearing that we don't have time. Um, but, but then, you know, when the results come in, they're like, what, what, <laughs> well, why, well, why, you know? It, it, and so I, I'm, I'm just, my, my goal right now is just to suffocate those excuses. And, 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 and the way I want to do that is, is really push management out there to develop out a process. I mean, a real process. We're talking not just something you talk about, not just something that you whiteboard, but something that actually gets documented. Good morning and welcome to Coffee with Jason. On this episode of Coffee with Jason, we're talking to James Lawrence of Dealer EFX. We'll go over things like email marketing efforts, response rates, and how to get the most of your campaigns in this modern day and age. But first, a word from our sponsors. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, today I am joined by James Lawrence, CEO and founder of Dealer EFX out in Oregon, Beaverton, Oregon, be exact. That's roughly 10 minutes away from Portland. Hey, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me, James. I really oh, appreciate you being on the show. My pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time. Hey, for everybody out there that, that don't know who you are, would you mind maybe giving us that two-minute origin story that is James Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'll give it a shot. Um, so I started off in I started off in the automotive uh, space basically right after graduate school from Cleveland in Case West Case Western Reserve in Cleveland. Um, I started off at a place uh, that is now called Snap On EPCs, Electronic Parts Cataloging. Um, and, uh, and there I was a simple, you know, grunt product manager. Uh, and then I moved into through a, a, a headhunter, uh, <laughs> to, to a company called Chrome Systems here in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. um, back at the turn of the century. And, and, uh, that, that turned into a variety of interesting experiences during the first internet crash. Um, those experiences led me actually to building, uh, CRM software for a company called Five Square, which is a startup down in Los Angeles, uh, and then that turned into Complete back up here with uh, in the uh, Portland area. Uh, and generally speaking, around 2009, while at Complete, I had an idea that was stemmed from a 2005 experience where I said, "Hey, we were doing a fantastic job of designing CRM systems, but the responses that dealers were sending out were horrific." So um, I started this company. So that was, that was back in 2005. 2005, yeah. It hasn't, so, hasn't changed much since then, has it? <laughs> well, actually, I did an article that showed the first email sent out back in the 70s or late, yeah, 70s, and there was little difference because I did a, a side-by-side comparison. Yeah. Uh, what's being sent out now and what was sent out then, and it was terrifying just how similar <laughs> So, um, yeah, so basically started the company in 2009 in probably one of the worst environments you can imagine and saw all of Yeah, that'd be a tough time to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, you know, talk, and I was, we were, uh, you know, I read your blog earlier this morning and about failing forward and failure and don't let it stop. (laughs) Well, believe you me, it was, there were moments where I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Um, But anyway, uh, that's kind of where we are today. We evolved very quickly from that, that initial tools provider house to a full service email response quality assurance service today nice so 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 since you live close to portland does that make you a blazer fan it um it 
it uh, it kind of does you know it kind of does it's yeah, okay but we, 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 won't, we won't hold it against you no worries oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> family in cleveland wood so <laughs> um you know i i love the area you guys are in i actually spent some time you know there when i was a child i grew up actually not too far from where you are so you know uh, portland is just always in the whole oregon area if if, if you guys have never had an opportunity to visit oregon it, it is just absolutely a phenomenal place a little, little fun fact it actually has the most amount of micro breweries per capita than any other state in the entire country so if you're a beer fan like myself check out oregon um <laughs> <laughs> on top yeah on top, i'm definitely on top of that part and the wine factory the wine uh, oh wineries around there are fantastic it's fantastic. the best some of the best pinot noir you can purchase over the entire world um, and i'm not just saying that because my sister works at a winery not too far from <laughs> you um <laughs> Um, you know, well, like I said, James, thank you so much for taking the time and, and speaking with me. And really what I wanted to do is because you've been in the game for a while as well. And I wanted to kind of really deep dive into like, you know, well, WTF as far as what's going on with lead response. I mean, why is it that here we are in 2019 and we're still responding to leads like it was 2005? And there's just... I mean, there's been some changes. I mean, don't get me wrong, like the introduction of, you know, some, some text message, you know, communications back and forth and some introduction of video mark, uh, video messaging back and forth. But still, still for the majority of all dealerships I work with out there, just like you work with a lot of them as well, that, that, that response is just, it's redonkadonk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that's a technical term. It's um, a technical term in our industry, redonkadonk. If yeah. it's not, I just made it one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, TM, right? Uh, so, so I guess in answer to your question, there's actually multiple dimensions to that. Um, yeah. One is some of the terrible turnover that you see in dealerships today. Mm. Um, it's just the nature of the beast that the, the training goes undone, uh, and so every time a new person drop, you know, comes onto the dealership's team, and there's nobody basically helping them to get their email response quality up to stuff. They start building it themselves, and so you're what you're seeing is a, a couple of things that just fall out unexpected, you know, with without them unknowing what they're not knowing what they're doing, mm -hmm. uh, and so they'll build a template that they think is sharp. So they're copying and pasting imagery, and they're copying and pasting stuff from a Word doc, Microsoft Word document, and while they're doing that, they're incorporating code that basically screws them when it comes to the spam filters. Mm -hmm. um, and so you've got that sort of lack of professionalism, lack of compliance, uh, lack of grammar. Um, I've, I've seen research from EFT companies. <laughs> some rough ones. <laughs> oh, I'm horrible at grammar. I really am. Like I, I have to <laughs> someone literally spot check every single word I put out there because I'm oh, good for you. <laughs> uh, I was going to, I was going to offer that service, but no. Um, <laughs> so EFG companies came up with some research a year ago that basically said about a third of people will simply read a terribly, you know, a terrible grammar in an email and say goodbye and just delete it immediately. Uh, on top of all of that, you've got this move to mobile, right? Mobile compatibility is fundamental now to simply everything. Um, and what you're finding is these homegrown templates are not mobile compatible, and they look terrible when they do actually land in someone's email. Sure. So you've got subject lines that are fishy looking, as in pH fishy. Um, you've got subject lines that, again, are terse, disrespectful, and frankly, you just wonder how these people, you know, remained in their job. But um, the, they're just so, it, yeah, I've seen just some real ridiculous, just kind of hooky type stuff. And it's just like, right. it, it just it just seems like so many parts of our of, of the dealerships have evolved. And yet this is just one place that 
I'm, I'm not going to say, look, there are some out there, guys. You should put, give yourself oh, yeah. a pat on the back that are crushing it and doing a good job. But I can still say it for majority, mm-hmm. we all suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I built this business model on that reality. Yeah. Um, because, the, because again, there are so many challenges for the, that average sales director or you know, internet sales director that are um, outside their control, right? And so they're just working it as fast and as hard as they can. They go on as fast and as, as quickly as they can when it comes time for the email response because you know that's another element of lead response. You got to be quick, or the next guy is going to be you know faster on the six gun. Um, and but with that said, though, come on, like I, there's there's quick and shit, and then there's quick quality. <laughs> You know, it's like if you just quickly just you know dump, you know, it's not necessarily a. Sorry, Buddy, I, I can do sound I, effects on this show as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have seen one line terse say come in for, on McLarens. So, you know, you just, yeah, quarter million dollar vehicles. Oh, I can send it to you. It, it's <laughs> um, but the, the, the thing is, is that it's really, then this person's probably been selling to McLarens for years, right? Yeah. Um, guys like that have been in the industry a long time, but they just don't get outside their box when it comes time to communicating. And in today's world where things are digital mostly to digital only, you've got to be able to present your brand, your brand, the OEM brand in the most consistent manner possible. So I got to tell you, 85% of over a thousand mystery shops, and frankly, it's closer to 90, but I'm trying to be conservative here, <laughs> suck. Suck 85%, 85%. 85%. That's terrible. crazy. I mean, like I just, you know, like I said, we don't communicate that way. I can guarantee you that that McLaren guy, just as a quick example, he does not McLaren, he does not communicate that way at the dealership. Oh God. But for no. some reason, they get in front of a screen and a keyboard, and you know, all of a sudden every single thing that they've ever been trained or taught to do or or, or do on a regular basis when someone's in the dealership just gets thrown out the window. And literally the most, I mean, the most half-assed, I mean, just half-assed responses I've just, I've, I've ever seen. So, yeah. so what can we say? I guess let's do this. I guess there's a couple different ways we can approach this. We can take an approach from this from the salesperson's perspective. Okay. We can give them some best practices. And then what I'd like to do is let's go up to uh, managers and you know, owners and give them some best practices and how they can help develop out and manage their team. Okay. You know, um, or do you want to go the other way? Which way do you want to go? You want to go from Let's go from bottom up. Okay, bottom, bottom up. up. All right. So let, let's let's talk let's talk salespeople. You know, for everyone out there right now that's listening to this podcast and as a salesperson, you guys get your notebooks out and let's start taking some notes. Okay. So number one, the subject line. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're on your cell phone, and sixty percent of the folks that are looking at their email or more, frankly, um, are looking at that subject line, they they immediately triage and say, "Oh, good lord, this is a phishing exercise. Please delete it fast." You know, you want to get past that moment as quickly and as professionally as possible. So please pay, pay attention to your subject line. But, but you um, know, what, I, th- I think that's real, real important before you moving further, I, the triage, because that's, that is what consumers do. Uh-huh. And, and for people out there that don't necessarily understand what that, what's going through their heads as all these emails go through, explain to me what you mean by triage, triage, what your inbox is. Oh yeah. So people are looking at their cell phone, you know, I think they're calling it some kind of, 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 uh, of, like psychological problem. They have to look at their cell phone, otherwise they start getting jittery. Um, but what's happening is, is they're looking at that list of incoming messages and deciding based on the subject line and maybe the first few characters of what's going on below that to decide, okay, I'm going to engage with this message or I'm not. And that is, and that takes, you know, three, less than three seconds. 
Um, so you better have the subject line that captures at least the relevance that they're, oh yeah, I did drop an information, I add, I did request information on that Maserati or whatever. Um, and so, okay, then I'll engage with that. But that I can tell you at the same time that if they engaged with an email that had a poor subject line, even though they knew they were going to expect, should expect something from the dealership, mm -hmm. they're still going to get rid of it. They're going to delete it because people have been warned against phishing exercises, against spam and all of that. So, and on your phone, you don't necessarily have the best of spam filters. So you get all kinds of crap thrown at you. So you no, no, it's true. I, I do. I mean, literally it's, it's like, you know, I probably, I'm not great at looking at my emails. I, I'm the first one to admit that, right? Uh, between all the meetings and podcasts and everything else that I do, that I might get a chance to physically go in there maybe three times a day, maybe once in the morning, once in the afternoon, and maybe once in the evening, right? right. You know, and, and I will go in there, I'll mark all of the ones so that I can only see what is not opened. And right. you know, then I'll hit the edit button and I'll start tapping through based on what that subject line is. Yeah. And I'll literally just clear out the first 75 emails but then I'll start going, then I'll do a second round right? and, and see if any, do I just need a forward or do I need to open, you right. know, like, but that's what it is. We, we, as consumers, we're triaging these, these emails, yeah. you know, and if that first subject line, if in any way or form is a not re uh, relevant or B, if it feels like it's some type of hook, like yeah. if the customer's they, they smell, they, they just smell like it's fishy. It's just <laughs> instantaneous. Just, just, I'm not even going to bother opening it. I'm just instantaneously deleting it. It's done. Exactly. You hit it right on the head. And that for, for your average salesperson is hitting them in the wallet, right? They're <laughs> yeah. not getting and engaging that person. They're getting, they're missing out on the opportunity to help them buy a vehicle. Um, so that's sort of number one with the mm -hmm. bullet um, is make sure that that's clean. Number two, you want to make sure that the verbiage inside of that email doesn't have the usual trip wires associated with spam filters, like, you know, with large caps. You don't want to send a bunch of caps, capitalized, you know, sentences. Which is actually really common in the automotive industry because <laughs> some, some of our DMS systems, like yeah. I, I actually had to train my staff actually on this. I actually had a staff member come to me and, and she was upset. Like she was like really, like she really was hurt, you know? And she goes, every single time I get an email from John, he yells at me, like he's <laughs> yelling at me. And I'm like, what, 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 what are you talking about? How is he yelling at you through that email? What, what are you talking? And then I go back. So I'm looking at all the emails that are back to that support person. And, and, and I'm just like, they're all in caps. And then I'm like, oh, it's because John uses a very older, you know, DMS system that works on a DOS base. So everything is done in caps. All right. He literally has his caps lock on all day long. He's not yelling at you. He's just too lazy to hit the cap button. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, that's funny. Um, but that's, and, and you know what? I'll, the, the experience there is that happens in the real world with prospects all the time. Right. Oh, and we've seen um, multiple formats, like our multiple, um, uh, you know, uh, Helvetica with Calibre and, and, and in different sizes and in different colors. And it becomes essentially unreadable when you're looking at it on a cell phone because they're not using the correct size of font. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's all these elements that are associated within the content itself that can just, again, hit you right where it hurts, right? In your wallet, because they're not engaging because they find either the grammar is, you know, a third of them find the grammar to be um, just um, unreadable. Um, and so they move on 
because you know you're not the only lead that they dropped, right? Yep. So Got to remember that you're up against some competition, and so maybe that competition does a decent, better, a, a better job because their latest, you know, hire actually knows what what he or she's doing. But they'll be gone in six to nine months. Um, so you got to kind of think of, think through that whole process, right? Um, and so that's the other element. And then, of course, relevance, right? Um, even some of the the best of non-dealer effects templates, um, they work very hard to incorporate visual imagery and um, do so in a manner that's not going to kick off the spam filters. So the other piece is you want to make sure that there's relevant visual information associated with that particular um, inquiry, that mm-hmm. response to the inquiry. Um, that's a biggie. And that's what we do in, in spades here um, because we work very hard to re- provide OEM compliant presentations so that at the end of the day, you know, for 14 different manufacturers, they're willing to provide co-op dollars, right, at this point and growing. Uh, we're working on Maserati next. Um, uh, so the, uh, the one of the, the other elements is compliance in general. Um, I can tell you that roughly 17%, a little over, 17% of the quotes that we've received through our mystery shopping have no disclaimer language. If you can imagine. Oh, okay. so, so that's what it seems. So salespeople, like I said, you guys need to be aware that um, your subject lines are actually appropriate. Don't do no fish, no, 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 no bait and hook, none of that crap. All right, make sure that it's relevant. Don't use caps. All right, but within your guys' content, within within the actual uh, content of the email, be a professional, right? If you if you're going to if you're going to put a quote out there, you're gonna put a price out there, you need to have some appropriate disclaimer that goes along with it. Exactly. That and makes we're sense. Finding that, yeah, so nearly a fifth of every response with a quote has no disclaimer language. And that actually causes a variety of you know, let's say issues. One is liability. Uh, associated with that particular response. And there are companies out there always looking to to find dealerships that are out of compliance for whatever reason and in whatever dimension. Mm-hmm. And they're making big money with class actions, basically saying, hey, look at the way these guys are responding, and then you've got a problem because you're mm-hmm. talking about class action as a dealer. And that now that you know we're talking about going up the ladder now from the bottom up. Um, well this is one of those areas, liability, where your CFO who's charged with your overall performance of the organization and the risk management of that organization, this is a fundamental problem. And that can yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. And um, I mean, you know, compliance is a big, big issue up here where we are. Oh, so sure. There's a little, it's a little different. The automotive industry is a little slightly little different. We actually have a governing body up here. So there's actually a government, um, uh, an actual government agency that actually um, manages and oversees dealerships. Oh, wow. And it ensures it ensures that all of our communication efforts and all of our marketing efforts are actually within are within a guidelines that was set by by actually the Ontario government. So we actually so up here we actually have it even more we have it even worse. I mean it's 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 actually somewhat easy to do it in the states here it gets even more detailed. But even with that said, up here you'd be amazed how many non-compliant email responses I see on a regular basis. Wow. I wasn't aware of that. That's um, so you must have some stringent, stringent uh, processes in place that is your dealerships can really make sure that they're not getting hit up with whatever fines might be associated with that. Oh, we do. In fact, actually, we have well, it's because we actually get hit in this particular case. We actually get hit with two different agencies. So uh-huh. there is OMBIC, which is the Ontario Motor Vehicle body body snap snap whatever um they're the ones they're the ones that make sure that uh, that, that we're marketing correctly and that the message the messaging that we're using the language that we're using is appropriate um but then there's actually another agency uh that actually monitors um uh 
uh, communication efforts. So we actually have what we call the uh, Castle Compliancy, which is an act that actually enforces us to comply as far as how we communicate, when we communicate, and what what methods we use for communication. So there's a lot, a little a lot up here as far as what we have to do. But even up here, like I said, there's still a lot of dealerships that are not compliant. Wow. Um, was not aware of that. That's an interesting insight that I may be using for my marketing later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but so, so from there, just kind of building up that pyramid, um, really the, the last elements is your own dealership's messaging and the way you position yourself with your prospects, right? Mm -hmm. If you're easy to work with, that should be the messaging. If you're, um, you know, one of your, if you're a McLaren dealership, your premier super, super car brand should be front and center. If it's not, you're hurting your own branding effort, which you're spending big money to build, right? That's that's a great point. I think a lot of times when we're our, our communication efforts outwards has has to be so much. It, it's so snappy about yeah. Yes, the car's in stock. No, the car's okay. not in stock. Here's the price. Here's the finance. Here's the lease. Right. Mm -hmm. Very seldomly we're actually ever taking the actual opportunity to develop out a little brand equity in the communication efforts that are going out outwards. Right. Oh, so. Yeah. I think that's probably a relevant pointer to both salespeople and to, to the dealership is that with every piece of communication that goes out, it is just another opportunity to brand your company. Like what you said, what kind of the differentiating factor that makes you unique and different. Exactly. Exactly. And, and frankly, with, again, when you face that kind of turnover it is so difficult to keep that consistent messaging and branding front and center sure. because they're all struggling to keep their jobs, right? Um, so they're not too worried about that as long as they can communicate out within you know 15 minutes of the income. Mm -hmm. So part of the, the value proposition my company brings to the table is the fact that we just take on the onus of all of that, right? Your salespeople always look professional no matter their skill level, whether they've been there seven days or seven years, you know, we're rocking and rolling to make them look as professional as possible and get money into their pockets. Mm -hmm. um, but it also leads back to the dealers and management, right? Managers are some of the most busy people on the planet. I, you know, I've worked with these folks now for over well, 18 years, and I, I've never met smarter people, harder working people in any other industry. Sure. I mean, they're just sharp operators. And so they're looking to at every angle to try to make their, their business that much more uh, competitive and that much more of a brand in their space, in their local area. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's all they think about. That's their, that's their role in life is to make sure they get to that, you know, that point where they're the premier provider of X, Y, Z, O, E, N. And so um, they're, What's nice is, is when I have a conversation with these folks and I walk them through what all that we're doing, they start, the lights start coming on. Can you do this? Can you do that? Is there something you can do about this, you know, horrible um, um, uh, email blast that we're sending out for off lease, off loan vehicles? You know, it's a wonderful conversation because the answer is generally yes across the board. That's number one. But number two, I, I feel like I'm helping them overcome their challenges, right? And in terms of their fundamental role at a dealership. Um, and then ultimately the dealer principal, he, he wants his brand to be consistent and premier and valuable in the tops of minds of anybody he might've bumped into, right? Or anybody that wants to buy a car in his region. Um, yep. 
Um, so there's that whole thing wells up from the bottom to make sure that everything is consistent and brand presentations are compliant and everything is you know, within legal parameters, et cetera. And the positioning and value proposition of your dealership is presented to at the top of the pyramid so that they walk into their 20 groups and say, hey, this is what we're doing to protect our brand and that brand. Effort. No, look, I, I think that makes complete sense because look, at the end of the day, you know, our goal and objective, our first very goal and objective, what I train a lot of BDCs out there is, is we're looking for that, that lead to communication ratio, mm-hmm. right? And if your subject line is crap, that's going to affect it, yeah. right? If the content within your actual email, A, is not relevant, but also B, doesn't support your branding efforts, again, another, you're, you're kind of losing it there. In addition to that, if you're not providing the disclaimers on, you know, what that's just obviously not everybody qualifies for this. There are some stipulations and so on and so forth. Then, then you're just opening up the door just for, for opportunities, just, you know, get your wrist slapped or even, yeah. <laughs> or even start to piss, piss a customer off. Right. I mean, right. you know, so, so, you know, you know, putting out, making sure that we're completely compliant is not just necessarily a, uh, a branding opportunity, but, but also just, uh, j- just make sure there's no liability issues as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think that, that, that all starts to tie into each other and what that ultimate goal is just, just to get that lead communication. Here's one thing I've been thinking about. And I always think it's kind of funny. You know, I, I've been I've been in the the industry long enough, and uh, you probably have too. Where you remember when um when uh, emails emails were emails, they weren't considered leads. I don't know at what point in time did we start mixing these two up, right? It was like, you know, when someone's submitting a form, it's not a lead. It's just somebody raising their hand and saying. I may or may not be interested in something you have to offer. You know, let's start a conversation. I don't know at what point did we just kind of like just immediately just let's bypass the entire courtship and go straight to marriage. You know, I, I see these leaders. You know what I mean? It's like I see these leaders yeah. out there. It's like the very first thing they're asking them is, well, when would you like to come in? It's oh, my like, God. Yeah. yeah. What? With none of the relevant information, no answer to the question that you don't normally ask, right? When you're dropping a lead, we always, during our mystery shops, we always ask a, a lease question. And I can tell you that, that probably 75% of the time, it's completely ignored. Completely. Yeah. And so you're like, why would I ever engage with you if you're not even answering a basic lease question, right? Or a basic any question. It doesn't matter. Um, so th- those are the things that when I'm out there talking this up and speaking to people, it's like, please make sure your salespeople are answering the question. If you can just get that, that will get them so far in terms of relevance, right? You don't need necessarily any of this fantastic con- or, you know, te- text or anything like that. If you just answer the question, it really starts to engage them just because they're finally getting information they deem valuable. Now, I, I'm curious because this always kind of comes up in, in, in when I'm doing some development sessions and, and strategies and stuff with these dealerships. It's like, it's like on one hand, I'll get somebody that will barely answer the question and write no more than maybe six words. And, but then I'll get another salesperson that will literally write, write a entire novel <laughs> to, to the customer with so much information that I, hell, I wouldn't even possibly read it, right? Like where, where, what, what, what do you recommend? I'm just curious. What, what do you recommend as far as, you know, length of content or how it's formatted? So, so our basic question is, Hey, can I get a 24 or 36 month lease using your e-price or dealer price or whatever? And mm-hmm. that's it. 
right? And, and, and what that does is it says generally their answer will be um, no leasing pricing has a difference, you know, discounts and offers and blah, blah, blah. So that's really it. So I'm thinking a single sentence that answers the question that generally speaking is, is rote, right? This is a rote, mm-hmm. rote response. It should be sure. about a lease question, whether or not I can do a 24 month using your special e-price. Well, no, because we have, you know, so that's it. So it should literally be a single sentence. Um, if you're, if you're sending a paragraph, it really depends on the question. Okay. But generally speaking, people have one, possibly two questions when they drop a lead. And then you're maybe, again, looking at one, possibly two sentences. And I have found, I'm just kind of curious, you know, is it, is it more paragraph format or more bullet point format? I find personally myself, I read <clears throat> bullet point format. You know, being, being an ex-dealer principal, um, yeah. you know, it was like, I'm just always looking for the girth of an email just so I can move on to the next one as humanly possible. So like I scroll down and when I'm like, oh, all right, bullet point, boom, boom, boom. Okay, I'm done. I got the understanding of majority of the email and just kind of move on. What, what are you recommending as far as kind of the, how, the, how you structure the content? Well, actually, um, so within our own situ- within our own templates, um, we look at things again in a very um, we don't tr- we we try to avoid paragraphs because nobody reads paragraphs, right? They don't. Okay, so it's not just me; they just don't. So, People just don't read paragraphs, do they? Exactly. So the reality, your bullet pointed approach is, although we don't literally have bullet points, it is in fact a single line. Yeah, one line. That's yeah. For every message that needs to be presented in that particular response. So um, again, we try to avoid the thick, the girth of that text, right? Um, and just make sure that the, answer, the, the questions are answered, that the information is relevant, and that at the end of it, you know, basically, how can we help you? Um, and so it's really, it's bullet pointed visually. Uh, on a phone, it looks really easy to read. On your laptop, it's clearly a beautiful presentation. Um, so in general, um, we try to avoid any kind of girth in the text. Now, what are you finding as far as engagement rates? Because I find I talk to a lot of people, and I always ask them this, right? What are those? What What are those communication or engagement rates, or whichever word you like to use? Um, what What do you typically see? Well, um, for engagement, it's for us, it's response rates. Right? Yes, response so, rates. So that that's an evidence of engagement, right? So evidence of engagement is is the response rates, and what our dealerships are experiencing before it'd be like two, three percent. Um, and it ranges because it depends on essentially what they want to message within the templates because we give them that opportunity. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Generally speaking, we're seeing a, a pop in the neighborhood of seven to nine percent. Um, that way, because it, the subject line's you know a relevant one, it's it's the vehicle and the name of the dealership, which is the easiest to read on a cell phone. Yeah, yeah you see, that's. That's the number I feel like people don't necessarily focus so much on. It's like they're always so concerned about what their lead to appointment ratio is, but they actually never very, very seldomly, very seldomly do they actually think about what the lead to response ratio is. Exactly. And, that, and that's that's the ultimate first step. Like I think people have to yes. understand that there are multiple steps to the communication. You know, this is not just the quickest path to the the appointment is, you know, as right. fast as humanly possible. No, your very, very first step is just to have a bloody conversation with them. Exactly. You hit it right on the head because what drives appointments is engagement and what mm-hmm. drives engagement are the responses. And that requires the, the relevance, the presentation quality, all of those things we've been discussing. And so if you can do that, 
and bring that to the present, you know, as, as a part of the presentation and the communications process, you're going to have more opportunities to schedule that meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And that leads, and depending on your close rates, then that generally naturally leads to increases in overall sales. Yeah, and I think that's probably a good, another, you know, when we're talking, now I'm going to talk to managers a little bit, right? When we're talking about leads, guys, and we're talking about, we're just talking about email leads right now, okay? We're not talking about all leads. That's the other thing, too, is dealerships need to understand that communication strategies and efforts are going to vary based on the source of whatever leads they're dealing with. In this case, we're just talking about email leads, um, that they, we need to be tracking both the lead to response ratio, the response to appointment ratio, the appointment to show ratio, the show to close ratio. These are very, very different spaces. But when we actually, when when we just go straight from lead to close, I mean, holy crap, (laughs) you can't train or develop or, you know, or coach if, if those, if those are the numbers that you're going to be looking at. Like we, we have to look at these multiple pieces so that we can develop out better processes or de- better better uh, communication efforts to increase those individually. I, I think what it is is that we're just, we're just, we just want that fast results. We just want that, that appointment. Just give me the appointment. Just give me the appointment. But really, if we, if we focus more on just give me, give me a response, mm-hmm. right, our, our appointments will actually naturally increase. Exactly. Uh, and that's, that's you know, the value of our business model is the fact mm-hmm. that we increase response rates. Everything else stems from that because that that jump from when can you come in to see the two hundred fifty thousand or two hundred thirty nine thousand dollar McLaren, you know, uh, it, without any kind of um, I didn't answer your question, uh, I provided no information whatsoever about the vehicle, and you want me to come in, you know, why would I do that? And if I'm in Southern California, I got three other McLaren stores within a half hour drive or forty five, you know. So I mean, it's it's well, we actually run into the same thing. Well, we actually we we. Not three different McLaren. Well, yeah, we, we, we do. We, we do actually have three different McLaren stores here. Um, but what we end up having is is where we're located uh, in what's called the Greater Toronto Area, because there are so many millions of people in this small pocket. Is that there's a, a tremendous amount of dealerships. So what what we have here is we have thirty one Nissan dealerships within an hour's drive of each other. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's literally, I mean, within, you know, w- within about a 60 kilometer, 60, 70 kilometer radius, there are 30 some odd Nissan dealerships. That's so, I mean, you think lead communicate, lead response and lead communications important there. <laughs> You'd be amazed how insanely important it is. is. <laughs> how are they differentiating themselves? And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's, and that's, it's like, I, and, and anything I can do to try to help, you know, you know, try to train or educate and communicate. And this is one of the reasons why I do this damn show. Right. It's, you know, it's like, I don't do what you do. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, do, I do marketing and video production, you know, it's what our business is, you know, but, but I feel like dealerships need to understand there's just obscene amount of value out there. It is very, very common up here where we live that someone will submit a lead and then submit that same lead to nine other locations. Wow. So, so, so you've got nine moments of truth, right? Yeah. You decide that that prospect's going to decide how each of them are responding. He's going to stack rank them, right? Based on probably he's going to st- worse. He's going to whack about half of them because their subject lines suck. Um, yep. And then he's going to stack rank the rest based on the quality of their response. 
And all I can think of is, my God, I can help these people, you know? <laughs> yeah, you should come up to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, because we face that. It's funny enough, we face that, that situation here um, where we have competing dealers and they're asking us, hey, we want a different presentation. Well, we can help them with that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, from our competitor, you know, an hour away or whatever. Um, so these are the kind of things that, that they have to think about as they're you know, crafting their marketing strategy, multi-channel marketing strategy, so that all of that, that branding, all of that money being spent to generate those leads, all of that effort internally to train people and get them to respond, which you know, you're right in the middle of, you need to make certain that when they do finally touch that prospect, they really got their act together from the overall presentation. So um, I think we touched a little bit on what salespeople can do, you know, from the subject yeah. line to the content to, you know, I, I, like, like I said, not putting things into a paragraph format, you know, making sure things that are, are kind of in a bullet point format. When you guys do attach a, a payment or a price, ensure that there's a disclaimer there, not, not just for your own liability, but also for the consumer as well. That, you know, the worst case scenario, you're going to run into a, you're going to run into a situation where you say, well, you said I could get it for this. Yeah. yeah, but you don't qualify. Remember the disclaimer? And, and then it's just literally the every little bit of equity that you had created, you know, with customers just explodes, you know. So I think it's incredibly important to put disclaimers. And in fact, actually, now since you say it, I'm going to start looking even harder into some of the dealerships we work with and make sure that their response have that included in it. Now, with management, because, you know, that, I think that's great for the salespeople. And at the end of the day, we need them to focus on that lead to, re, that lead to response. That's the other thing, too, for salespeople, guys. Stop thinking about appointments. Stop thinking about your lead to close to your close ratio. Stop thinking about your lead to appointment ratio. Think about lead to response. That's the most important thing. Now, with, with management, what are some of the advice you can give management that they can use to encourage their team? Or what should they be looking for in their team to kind of hold them responsible and help uh, coach and develop their efforts? No, you, you actually hit it right on the head. So the coaching and development portion of their, you know, the folks that are reporting to them, um, you don't want them necessarily spending time designing templates. You don't want them spending time um, sending out crappy templates. You don't want them doing all of those things that that are being unknowingly or knowingly caused by your average salespeople. Um, they need to make sure that they're coaching them on the proper way of doing things by looking at something like our service or just simply crafting your own and making sure it captures all those elements we discussed. Once that's done, at least you can sort of, you know, maintain it much easier down the line. Again, lowering your overall time expense because it is an expense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, from there, you're increasing your professionalism across the board, right? You're not just looking fantastic on your website. You're looking fantastic at every touch point in the, in the consumer's journey. And that's really part of their role in protecting that brand equity. Yeah, you know, and it kind of goes back to what I've been I'm saying. I actually got some pieces coming out here this next week, really kind of aimed towards managers and, and their role and responsibility in maintaining and developing the, the, the processes. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know I, I'm getting sick and tired. In fact, actually, probably sick and tired mm-hmm. of hearing that we don't have time. Um, but, but then, you know, when the results come in, they're like, what, what, <laughs> well, why, well, why, you know, it, it, and so I, I'm, I'm just, my, my goal right now is just to suffocate those excuses. And, and, and the way I want to do that is, is really push management out there to develop out a 
process. I mean, a real process. We're talking not just something you talk about, not just something that you whiteboard, but something that actually gets documented. Mm -hmm. All right. And then something that can actually be trained on and then continue to be developed on. And, but then not only do we need a process, but you have to have some way to to measure that process. And this is where we're talking about managers. This is your responsibility. And I apologize if you don't like it, but I'm going to say this is your responsibility. You have to manage or at least, at least know what that lead to response ratio is, what that response to appointment ratio is, what the appointment to show ratio is, what the show to close ratio is. I mean, as a manager, you're not going to be able to effectively support your team and continue to coach and develop your team if you don't actually know these numbers. So stop, you know, it, it's just, it's like, we got to stop playing baseball with a blindfold, you know, and, um, and, and really understand what those stats are telling us so that we can continue to develop out our team. Well, you actually hit on something important in terms of what we provide. Um, so we're not just providing a single pretty picture per model that they're offering. It's, in fact, a series of responses based on the context of the conversation with that prospect. So you have the initial response, which is an introductory one. You have quotations, which involves the, 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 um, uh, using all of the merge fields from whatever proprietary CRM system. You have follow-ups, and all of these have a consistent message, consistent vi visual presentation, so that every time you have a touch point with that prospect, they're reminded visually, and we're visual animals, that this is the car I've been talking about, this is the car I'm interested in. And what's nice about that is, during the training sessions, you can simply provide, hey, this is step one, Mr. New Salesperson. This is step two, this is step three. It's a very clear process. And what's the beauty on top of that is, because it's a simple dropdown in any CRM system, it's right there. It's a simple select and send because everything is in that package. And what's nice about that from your perspective in terms of, of these folks being trained and consistently acting on that training is that they have a natural structure in front of them as they're responding to this particular marketing channel. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and look, so you, what people have to understand when they work with you, it's it's not necessarily just a, a product that they're getting it's or a service that they're getting. It's what they're getting is they're getting a process. And, and and I need and, and I am so so passionate about pushing managers to understand that I want them to manage the process and let that process manage the people. You know, like we gotta stop managing people and their efforts. I've seen just see too many managers out there that just get insanely stressed out because they're constantly, constantly fighting this battle of how to manage someone's efforts when they spend very, very little time actually developing out the process. If they just started managing those processes, their life would be so much better. You know, um, I think this is actually a great place, uh, James, for for us to stop because I think it's just some, we can I mean, we can jam about this for hours. You know, um, you know, but but and I think for sure we're going to have to have you back on here for for another for another round of this. You know, because again, I, I, what we're looking into just right now, where the industry is and how sales are going to plateau out, that every process that we can put in place that's going to support you know, increased sales, we, we have to squeeze every ounce of every single, every single opportunity that comes through that door. Otherwise, you know, we're just not going to hit our targets this year. So, you know, look, for everybody out there, you know, we're the third month, we're the third month into the year, you got your first quarter coming up. You know, if you guys, if you guys haven't, if you don't feel like you've really started to squeeze out every effort of the lead, I implore you to maybe reach out to James. In fact, actually, here's a good shameless plug for you, James. Um, wh where can uh, people actually connect with you? Where's the best place for them to learn a little bit more um, about what you guys do? 
I don't know if it's ironic or coincidental, but jim.lawrence at dealerefx.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good one, right? Um, <laughs> and and uh, Jim, thank you uh, so far. Sorry, do you go by James or Jim's? Jim's, Jim's fine. Okay, <laughs> sorry. James generally when my mother's mad. Um, okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, th- thank you so much for your time today. Uh, that was, it was, I had a great time jamming with you and, and I think this content was truly rich for everyone out there. And guys, I, uh, for, uh, for people like to connect with you, um, what's the best way to connect with you? LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Oh yeah, please. If you're on LinkedIn, um, I have an exclusive automotive only network of about 5,300 folks. So I, that's all I do in terms of reaching out to folks. Um, so please feel free to link in, linked up, link in and, um, and uh, we'll go from there. Awesome, Jim. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, this has been Nathan with Digital Dealership Solutions. Have a great day.